Past Lives is lovely, smart, deeply felt, carefully observed, pleasingly patient with its characters and their emotions. And it also gives you lots to chew on about past lives, potential lives, and the power of choice over fate. Max Weiss, talking about Baltimore Magazine, talking about past lives, which is our feature review this week. It's a movie that's getting a lot of buzz right now on the Art House circuit. I think it's going to get Oscar nominations. I thought it was outstanding. I can't wait to talk to all of you about it. A little less outstanding was Elemental. That's right. From Pixar, the latest film in theaters. Bit of a disappointment from the box office. I have to be honest with you, as a fan of the Pixar movies, a little disappointing as well. We'll get into that as well. Uh, old movies. Hey, 20th anniversary of Old Boy, the Park Chan-wook classic, which is going to be re-released in theaters in August. I want to get out in front of it, watch it. I mentioned John LeBoy, my buddy, last week, gave me a bunch of DVDs. I saw he had Old Boy. I'm like, dude, I haven't seen Old Boy in 20 years. I'll, I'll get ahead of it. I don't have to go watch the uh, re-release in theaters. Watch it again. We'll get to what Chris watched in just a second when it comes to Old Boy. And also Swimming Pool, which, again, I borrowed from LeBoy, so I'm just cranking up the DVD player here. Director Francois Ozon. It's Charlotte Rampling, Ludovine Sagnier, and it's... Uh, fantastic movie it's chilling and creepy and it's a very very good french thriller before we get into the movies though chris and i are both back from vacation i have horror stories which i'm sure some people saw on twitter i want to find out how the alaskan vacation was before we get into the movies how great was it? it was amazing i mean alaska a little dreary a little foggy a little rainy but that's what you expect when you go to alaska it was gorgeous the real what stole the show on my cruise was victoria did you tell me victoria was gorgeous yeah victoria British Columbia, Dude, incredible you were there i want to move there that was the big takeaway. It's just how, like, Alaska was obviously aesthetically pleasing. I don't think I could live in Alaska, though. Victoria, British Columbia, I'm telling you, me and my wife, it's just like, it's where we want to end. It's where we want to end it all. It's where I need to be when I'm, like, 60. I'm telling you, it's just gorgeous. The people are so nice. The weather, just, it like, and we were getting a hot day. It was, like, a hot day for them in the 70s, and, it was, and their winters aren't even that great. It's just, like, it seems like a perfect place to live. I love it, dude. I, I do a weekly hit in Vancouver, so I'm going to tell those guys. My buddy, BC Tourism is going to be all over the coast. Oh. The fact that you're raving about this, because you're right, the weather, very temperate. Never gets oh. too hot, never gets too cold. The water, right rainy, on the but... water, the beautiful town, such a clean city. Just, oh, yeah. I want to go back. I only got like eight hours there. I wanted to, I want to, I need more. I'm with you on that, man. British Columbia is fantastic. But I have no to... horror stories. Like, I have no, like, there was no bad, all my flights were perfect. I took a United flight, too. Perfect service from United for me. Any thoughts by you? Yeah, that tees it up for me. So we're flying out Monday out of Newark, which is in New Jersey here, 9 p.m. flight. The direct flights of New Jersey to Milwaukee. My brother lives in Franklin, Wisconsin. It's about 20 minutes from Milwaukee. So the direct flights, there's only early morning or early night. And we were gone for the weekend. So I said, well, just take the night flights. Right. The first lesson here, never take a night yeah. flight. From now on in life, just always take the seven. Dangerous I game. It sucks getting up, but it's a dangerous game. Now, thunder showers that day, so I'm worried about the flights getting off. I'm like, oh, well, we'll figure it out. We get there on time. Kids are on their iPads. Nine o'clock, they announce it's delayed till 10 15. All right, no problem. These things happen. Delayed again till midnight. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Kids are starting to fall asleep at midnight. Again, I, I, I'm taking three of the boys, my wife and the, my youngest guy staying back. So 15, 11, and six. Yusuf's still wandering around. Adina and Shaz starting to get all tired. I'm like, guys, just go to bed. That's one good thing about being a kid. You can just literally sleep in these metal chairs, no problem. <laughs> now, delayed to 1 30. Oh, now, everyone's getting very edgy. We're four hours in. And one of the passengers who kind of exchanges glances, and, and I liked his confidence. He's like, we're getting out of here. I go, really? He's like, how do you know? He's like, they would have canceled the flight That's by now. That's it. Yeah. Why would, he goes, why would you wait until 1.30 in the morning? He goes, clearly, they need that plane. That plane has to go somewhere. I'm like, right. And he goes, so they would have canceled it by now. What's going to happen is that new pilots will come in at 6 a.m., and that new shift, like it's going to be a while. I mean, it may not be till 6 a.m., but those new pods will get us there to our flight. We're going to be good. I'm like, I love your confidence. 
And I look upstairs, other flights are getting banged. But then one flight does get off. I think one flight to Boston, maybe or Charleston, I hear announcing something. Like, oh, there are some flights leaving. We get to 3.30 in the morning, oh. and they cancel the flight. So your kids are sleeping at this point, and you're like just sitting up, like no sleep? No, no, I was half asleep, but I was like, I remember, like, you know, when you kind of rub the sleep from your eyes, but yeah. I wasn't really out of it, but I was just like, I can't really just cancel the flight. And here's the other big lesson. Never pack your bag, which we did. My wife was awesome. She had carry-ons for all of us. Because then they announced, after announcing the flight was canceled, no one was going to get their bags. The bags are staying on the plane. So I still don't understand this logic. Why can't you just, if the plane is canceled, if the yeah. flight is canceled, why can't we just ever give everyone back their bags? Yeah. And then they said, the flight is going to Milwaukee. So if you want to get your bag, you have to get it from Milwaukee. <laughs> so, I'm like, so who's flying the plane? I thought the issue was weather. No, they go, it's not weather related. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough flight attendants and a pilot. At one point, we had two flight attendants. And someone's all volunteer to be a flight attendant. I'm like, I don't know if you can do that, but we might swing it. <laughs> but we could not get a pilot, and we're flying United. So not only is the flight canceled at 3.30 in the morning. Imagine you're from Milwaukee. Oh. Like I took a $110 cab. I had to wake my kids up. It was unpleasant, but I was in my home at 4.30. I went to sleep. But if you're if you're not from the area, yeah. like I was, I was going to tell people, like, if you want to stay in my flight, seriously, it's horrible, horrible situation. But whatever, right? It happens. Go home, sleep, wake up the next day, call United. All right, just try and get on Tuesday. There's no flights on Tuesday. How about Wednesday? No flights Wednesday. Oh. How about Thursday? No flights Thursday. She says, the best I can do is Friday morning, Newark to Milwaukee. I said, you know, I took this week off of vacation to go visit my brother. My dad's 77th birthday oh. on Wednesday. My parents drove down from Toronto, 10, 11 hour drive. My, dad's, my dad hates flying. He'll drive anywhere. So he split up two days. He goes, maybe you should just drive. I go, that's a 15 hour drive. I can do that solo with three kids. He's like, drive 10 hours, sleep another five hours. I'm like, that, I don't know, that, that's a lot. I don't know if I can pull that off. I was like, if, it's, if I'm splitting it, you know, sure. He's like, okay, whatever you want to do. My wife smartly says, try a smaller airport. They're all stomping grounds, Connecticut. I try Philly, Boston, Rhode Island. Connecticut has a flight Thursday morning, 6, 10 a.m. I go, all right. In the meantime, I hit up Elsar, scheduling manager, and go, hey, my vacation is getting way later here. I'm not doing anything. If you need me, I'm around. My man, Greg Amsinger, who is as gamer as it gets, that guy never calls out sick. Elsa hits me up Wednesday afternoon as I'm about to the kids to go see Elemental. goes, you're never going to believe this. I actually do need you. We have a sick call. Can you work tonight? I'm like, what happened? Amsinger out. I text Greg. I'm like, you're all right. Like, you, you never get sick. He's like, bro, 104 fever. I'm, I'm getting crushed. I go, all right, I got you. So go to see Elemental, go into work. The great damn police act, the best. Yonder Alonso, awesome. Going to work. And if you're a baseball fan, you know what happened on Wednesday night? Doing Armand pitched a perfect game. <laughs> this is the great, greatest call out ever. I'm like, wait, I just got to see a perfect game from the fifth inning on. We were locked in at every pitch. First perfect game in 12 years. I'm like, I'm flying now. I get home at 1.30. Got the Uber already booked, 2 a.m. to Connecticut. Oof. Two and a half hours, $230 Uber. You're One driving two and a half hours to fly. Okay, that's yeah, fine. So, it, it, correct. Wake up the three boys. These guys have been superb so far. Wake them up, no problem. Get in the car. They will fall back asleep. I'm kind of in and out of the passenger in the front seat, but I can tell at one point, I don't think he's going the right way. And I'm like, hang on a second. Are you, we're going to Connecticut. You're going to, he's like, oh, sorry, my GPS. I'm like, maybe I should just stay up the whole time. Like, right, so, I'm kind of half one eye open. We get there at 4 30. At 5.20, the flight is supposed to board at 6.15. Oh, no. By the way, I see Mike McQuaid, legendary producer, Scott Van Pelt's main man. I can see him in the airport boarding to go to Dulles to go see SVP. I really like Mike. I have great respect for him. But if you don't want to think about Mike, he generally doesn't want to be bothered by anybody. So when I saw him, I was like, oh, McQuaid. I love McQuaid. I'm like, mm, it's 5 a.m. I don't think he wants to talk to anybody. I don't think he'd be excited to see me. It's fine. I also <laughs> see in, in my, yeah, I kind of just like my huge fan of yours. Enjoy the flight to Dallas. Have fun with Scott. And then I look over and I see Jim Mora, who I worked with a few times in college football. And I'm like, I don't think you remember me. It's also five in the morning. I don't think he wants the to. The coach? 
Yes, the coach Jim Moore, exactly. <laughs> Still working for ESPN, clearly, because what else would he be doing in Connecticut? At 520, they announced, I have no good news. We don't have a pilot, oh. and he's not going to be showing up until at least 1019. <laughs> it's like a curb episode. Oh, my God. I just looked at my kids, and I'm like, I, I'm going to sleep on the floor. I was that guy sleeping on the floor. Please text it to me, because you've never really seen the worst of humanity unless you're at O'Hare Airport Christmas Eve and a, a snowstorm. <laughs> it is unreal. Like people are like, oh, they're just trying to get home for Christmas and they're sleeping on floors. So I was just going to sleep on the floors. And all I can do. Kids, are incredible. Just here's your iPads. Okay, God bless the iPad. I'd like to. I'd like to thank Apple because honestly, no tantrums, no issues. Here's your iPad. unlimited screen time. Go ahead, boys. Four hours of iPad. I got no issue. No problem. You were throwing the only tantrum just in your mind. Oh, in my mind, yeah. Just enraged, defeated, lost. Were you able to and sleep it, on that hard floor? Couple hours. I was like, it was like eight a.m. And I'm like, I think I got a couple hours. In. It wasn't bad. So then other pastors started talking, and one guy's like, "Where are you trying to get to?" I'm trying to get to Milwaukee. This flight's Chicago, Chicago, Milwaukee. He's like, "I'm also trying to go to Milwaukee. If they bang this, let's go get a rental car. We'll drive together." And in my head, I'm like, "This guy has no idea. I have three kids." Yeah. He's, he's what? What's he see? Is that children? I'm like, wait, yeah. wait I'm, I'm driving 15 hours with this yeah. guy. Like, I'm like, this isn't gonna work. One guy's trying to get to New Orleans. One girl, to Oklahoma City. Like, everyone's commiserating. But thankfully, and perhaps improbably, at 10:19, the guy announces, it, "Guys, I have good news. The pilots here were like, yeah, <laughs> starts cheering. I, I've never been a big fan of when on flights people start cheering when they land. I'm like, well, why are you applauding for someone doing their job? Yeah. But in this case, I felt it was deserved, and and I give such massive credit for the people working. Like I told the guy at the front, because even he said he's like, dude, you guys were awesome. Thanks for your patience. I'm like, oh, you were awesome. Like you're making forty thousand dollars a year. You just rebooked like fifty people. Everyone's mad. Everyone's angry. Ugh. No one slept. And I'm like, that's a horrible job that you have to do. And thank you. And when I called United, I'm like, hey, I'm canceling the flight to Milwaukee. My brother goes, just get to Chicago. Mom and dad will pick you up. It's an hour and five minutes away. They'll drive and get you. Forget about Milwaukee. And I called her. I was like, hey, I commend you. This must be the worst week ever. She goes, United just got crushed this week. <laughs> it's a combination of thunder showers, which cancels flights. But more importantly, it's they don't have enough pilots. So this is my public service announcement. Everyone out there, if you want to be a pilot, now is your time. Go be a pilot. And right now, you can help this country, you know, support the troops, pay the teachers and go be a pilot. That's really how we're going to change things right now in America. And that's what United was facing. But so you were supposed to fly out on Monday originally and Monday you, night, 9 p.m. And you get there Thursday mid-afternoon. Correct. OK, so good news is hey, we got to Thursday. You know, all the kids obviously get along great. They got to see their cousins. Great to see my brother, my parents, obviously sister-in-law. Everybody's good. Went went boating on the Saturday. Here's the thing about like going outside. I, I like the idea of turning off my phone and just not having it. But I, I couldn't do it for like a week. Like Stanzik does every year. The Stanzik's get together. I think a couple of his brothers have dropped out now. But he'll go with his sisters, his parents, and they'll go to like, you know, a lake and a camp. And it's like, maybe they have their phones on. But he's like, dude, we basically just go for a run, sit around the fire, drink beer, go in the water. I'm like, it's good for like five hours. Like five <laughs> success is good. Then I'm like, all right, I'd like to, I want to go watch baseball. Like I think I'm, I think I'm good now. <laughs> I, I recharge. I appreciate nature. Man, it's lovely. But I tell you, my cousin Riz, he, he's got a boat. So the boating was great because he's like, he'll gun it. And I'm like, we, you know, we're going the motorboat. Shaz, my six year old, is going to get a little scared. I'm like, it's okay, buddy. We're fine. We're fine. Hotch on tight. But then he, he attaches like the raft. Oh, yeah. It's so, the best. Tubing. Yeah. And I had never done this. He's like, no, you're going to love this. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. Did so he fly you off? Did you go flying off? Well, funny you mentioned it. it one of my, his, his nephew, Anik, at one point, like, is they're gunning it? And it's like, oh my God. Like, a motorboat's going like 40 miles an hour. But that thing, as you see, like if you've seen it, it's, it's a raft. Like you're just tubing. And it hits waves. It'll like go to the waves. Yeah. You're flying. So at one point he went flying. This guy's like 16 years old, 6'2", just shot out of a cannon. I look back. I'm like, oh, my God, they're in the water. <laughs> Thank you, life preservers. But I love his honesty. I was like, were you scared? He's like, yes. 
because he's like, honestly, I was submerged. Like, you're not in that moment thinking, oh, I have a life preserver. You just you launch and then you're deep underwater. Like, oh, my God. Oh, I can't breathe. Nothing like that. That's a little scary. Yeah. So when I went tubing, I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a daredevil, but I'm like, whatever. I'm not going to be the guy to say slow down. So it made me think of the scene in The Great Outdoors when John Candy's water skiing and Dan Aykroyd is driving. And John Candy's like, bastard, bastard. Dan Aykroyd's like, faster? Okay, yeah. faster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's awesome. I, I highly recommend it if you haven't done it. Chris clearly has because he's he's speaking from experience. But like when you're holding on to it, the only thing is the water is coming at you really yeah. quick. So you got to just close your eyes. You really can't see anything. It's just it's just a blur. But that's. It's an awesome rush. Yeah. It's a great adrenaline rush. I don't do roller coasters, that kind of stuff. I don't like claustrophobia. But if you can go tubing anytime on a lake, oh, awesome. The best. I highly recommend yeah, it's it. Great. It was awesome. So thanks again to everybody for uh, combining to give an excellent vacation. And again, I, I don't want to blast the good people of United, but I got to tell you, man, we can do better. Pilots. Get more pilots. Better. I mean, shit. Oh, how about this? Last thing I promise. You think in a situation like this, they'll do a make good. The only compensation. The only souls we had, yeah, compensation was. A fifteen dollar flight voucher. Fifteen one five. My dad's like, oh, for, for everybody. I go, no, no, just for me, Dad. I haven't used it yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna savor this one. Maybe with inflation, we'll get up to seventeen dollars in a couple of years. But yeah, fifteen dollar flight wow. voucher. Here's a turkey sandwich. It was all worth it. It was all worth it. At the end of the day, <laughs> hey man, four good days in Wisconsin. I had been in Wisconsin like four years. Great people out there, by the way. They 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 just they love their Packers. That part I don't care for. But everything else I like about the, uh, Wisconsin. Have you ever been to Wisconsin, by the way? I actually haven't. I don't think I have. Yeah. Maybe I've flown through. Maybe I've flown through, but definitely not. Never visited. Eight months of winter, but the summer is fantastic. All right, let's talk a little movie, shall we? Past lives. As I mentioned, this movie getting a lot of buzz right now. Here's what the story is: Nora and Hay Sung, two deeply connected childhood friends, are wrestled apart. It's rested apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. And this is an extraordinary movie. It got a huge buzz coming out of the Sundance Film Festival. Audiences applauding, saying this is going to be a huge hit. And I can see now why. The writer director is Celine Song. Again, not familiar with her work prior to this. Not familiar with this cast, but all of them were exceptional. Greta Lee plays Nora, who's the female love interest. T.O.U. plays Hei Sung, who is the male love interest, and John Magaro plays the husband of Arthur. So what's, I think, extraordinary about this movie, and the best movies are the ones that really stay with you, and you think about them quite a long time afterwards, and I'm still thinking about this movie. And again, the story, as I just described, childhood friends, one goes, and then one looks the other one up, so then they're connected via MSN Messenger, like, hey, are you the same guy from before? I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh my God. And Nora is like, oh my God, I used to have such a crush on this guy when we were when we were kids. And they're connecting and they're having nice, friendly conversations and maybe a little bit flirty, kind of going into their background, et cetera. And then eventually Nora just says, hey, I, I think we should stop talking. And you can tell, hey, who is obviously the the man in Korea is like, why? And she's like, you know, like, I've got to live all my life here. Like, I'm living in Manhattan. I'm in my early 20s. Like, I'm, I'm going to start to do some things. And it's almost like she can you can feel that self-preservation. Like, she's, she's developed feelings for him. She's not sure where this is going. Like, is this a long-term relationship? Is this tenable? Is it not? So she basically extricates herself from the relationship. So then the story picks up years after that, in which she's now married, living in, in New York as a playwright. He's in Korea, and he wants to come and go see her. So the movie is really kind of defs this fine line, because really the question that needs to be answered is, will they or won't they? You know, this is a story of unrequited romance. Clearly, they had feelings for each other when they were kids. What does that mean when you're 12, 13 years old? Maybe it means something, maybe it doesn't. In their 20s, they clearly had feelings for each other, happy to see each other, et cetera, but never formally met. And now he's making the trip to go see her as an adult all these years later. And both of their performances are terrific, as is the husband. And so what, what, John McGarrow is Arthur. So one of the funniest scenes of the movie is after they meet 
And, you know, they're both just kind of like staring at each other like, oh, my God, we, we were finally connected. And they have a really lovely day together, you know, walking in New York City. And, and again, they always make New York look like such a, a great character within these kinds of stories. And afterwards, Arthur's talking to uh, to Nora. He's like, so, like, how was it? She's like, you know, it was cool. It was nice seeing him. It was nice conversations. And, you know, he's like, she's like, very Korean, though. She's like, you know, like, I'm I'm Korean-American now. Like, I was I was in Korea, but now I'm here. I'm American. And I, I have friends who are Korean-Americans. I have friends who are Korean. But this, like, he's very Korean. Just like in his thinking and his sensibility. She's like, okay. And like brushing their teeth. He's like, is he, is he like attractive? She's like, yeah, like he's, yeah. He's like, are you attracted to me? <laughs> she's, she's like, well, I mean, I, you know, like, I mean, he, he's attractive, but no, like, I'm, no, he's like, okay. And then they go to bed and he's got one of the funniest line ever. Like most of the movies, not particularly funny, but this is a really funny scene, which is why I mentioned it. He's like, I feel like this is in the movie. Like I'm the evil white guy who is now just coming and taking <laughs> you away from him. Like, like you two are clearly destined to be together. Like you were, you were childhood sweethearts, and now you're reconnecting. And I'm the guy who's the obstacle. Like I'm the one who's the problem. Like I, I shouldn't be involved in this story. <laughs> and so it, it really follows this whole Korean model. Of the fact, the reason why it's called past lives is this thought process that, you know, with reincarnation, that you were always somebody else in a previous life. You'll be somebody else in a future life. So I thought it really did a, a fascinating dive into that that maybe your partner you're with right now you know you have not been with in past lives and in future lives you'll be with somebody else as well and you know this is just a temporary life but there's other lives that you can think about so i thought it was an extraordinary film because it really did work on the multiple level of a taking you into their story but also making you think so much more so about your own story and thinking about regrets second chances what ifs you know at one point she's talking about her life and she says you know maybe at one point this is what it would have been, but this is where life has led me. You know, th this is what it is. Like, not everyone's happy with their relationships. Not everybody's happy in their marriage. People have kids. People are settled. Like, this is what it is. You have to work through it. But there's this real kind of sense of optimism that, well, maybe in another life it will be different, or maybe in this past life it was different, or maybe things can change, particularly in this life, if you want it to be so. The movie builds up to the conclusion. And again, the whole answer is going to be will they or won't they? And of course, I will not spoil it. But I thought the ending was they stuck the landing and it was it was certainly emotional and really profoundly well done. And I uh, I wouldn't be surprised. This film gets a bunch of Oscar nominations, especially for the writing, the directing, the acting. It was really, really well done. I can definitely see our buddy David Sampson liking this movie because he's he gets sentimental for these types of stories. Past lives for Maple Leafs. As we're now at the halfway mark of the year, that will be past 4th of July. So, so far, three great movies we've had this year. Past lives, air and John Wick 4. A little something for everybody here as we're diving into the second half. I can't of believe that John Wick 4 and Air are like in these conversations. Like yeah. John Wick especially. That's wild. Yeah, I was talking to somebody about it. And he was like, well, I haven't seen the first three. And I'm like, y you don't have to have seen the first three. I watched like, the really? first like one on the plane to Seattle. It was good. Nice. Guess what else I watched for the first time in a long time because of you and David talking about it in recent weeks and having it so high up on your list. It's a movie I had seen, but never. It was like as a kid, so I didn't feel like I understood it. Back to the Future. Watch that. Yes. I had yes. seen it before. I had seen it, but it was like as yeah. a kid, so I was really great movie. Awesome. <laughs> it was well, you know awesome. what? It's so funny you mentioned Back to the Future. The anniversary of its release was this week. We're taping this right now on Wednesday, July 5th. So I think it was July 3rd that the movie was actually released back in 1985. And John Mulaney does an incredible bit about Back to the Future and just what a bizarre movie it is. He's like, just imagine pitching that movie. He's like, all right, we have a high school. He's like, is he like a cool high school guy? Like he gets the ladies. He's like, no, no, he sleeps in all the time. He's whatever. And he's like, his best friend is this disgraced nuclear physicist. He's like, oh, do we explain how that happened to be? I'm like, no. So there's no explanation how a 17-year-old high school student is best friends with a disgraced nuclear physicist. He's like, that's correct. He's like, and then from there, 
they have a time machine and they're going to go back and he's going to try to fuck his mother. He's like, yeah. that, 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 that's what this movie is. He's like, but, but, but there's an aborted rape scene as well. And this is going to be a PG movie, which is going to be the highest grossing movie of 1985. I'm like, well, if you look at it through those lenses, there's some dark themes. Yeah. But back to your point about what a great movie it is. What's so special about that movie is it works on so many different levels. So it can be a great family film. Like it's a lovely father to son movie, right? Like just imagine if you could go back and help out your dad or I could help out my right. dad in any situation in his life. Like just how cool that would be. Yeah. Like the, the part where he's like, you know, it's okay, dad, dad, daddy-o. And yeah. he's like, you know, when his dad, Chris McGlover says, you know, I just couldn't handle that kind of rejection. He's like, maybe you don't understand that. He's like, no, I, I totally understand that. Like, I'm your son. I know what that's like. I have those yeah. skills as well. I mean, it really, it's a very, very sweet movie. It's got great action sequences. Like that whole scene where he goes 88 miles an hour when they're escaping the Libyans is unbelievable. You've got, again, romance, um, you know, the, the Enchantment of the Sea dance. The, the special effects of their time, like the fact that he's disappearing. Yeah. You know, his hand starts to go away at points. Like you're mixing science fiction, love, yeah. and all these different emotions flying together, past histories. It, it's awesome, dude. It's one of the great movies of all time. I thought it'd be the only time in this week that I'd see a mom or a father and a daughter and a son almost hooking up. But you made me watch <laughs> Old Boy, so I saw that more than once. <laughs> Old Boy review coming up right after this. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, back with a few more reviews here. Elemental, following Ember and Wade in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. I went back to the same theater where they found my money clip, so great news, bad news. This was a pretty expensive one. I had to take all four kids. $94. Tickets, large popcorn, and four slushies. Like, we're getting to the point now, $100 to go see a movie. And sadly, Elemental was not worth $94. I love Pixar. Normally with Pixar, you know you're going to get what you want. The best part of this movie experience, though, was the short... One of my all-time favorite Pixar movies, Up. They're back. It, there's a short called Carl's Date, and it's all about Carl, of course, character played by Ed Asner, and the dog. And it was fabulous. I, I hope it'll get nominated for an Oscar. I thought it was tremendous. If you love Up as much as I do, you will love the short preceding Elemental. If only Elemental had been as good as that movie. But 
The short's good. Carl's date. You pick up the story of where he's doing life. You know, what's going on in his life, meeting somebody new, etc. Elemental, though, just a strange movie. I mean, I can't really give you much more than that. It's she got fire and water. And the whole thought is fire and water can't mix, even though fire and water are in love with each other. So I'm like, OK, I understand that point. But then it's just kind of odd. And I, I thought it really didn't have the combination that Pixar normally has. Normally they've got, again, kind of like Back to the Future. They've got great action sequences. They've got love. They've got sentiment. There's a sweetness to it. This movie was just missing a certain je ne sais quoi. And as far as the cast is concerned, normally Pixar, you know, got some big names in there. There's some pretty much no-name cast. Leah Lewis plays Ember. Uh, Mamadou Alfie plays Wade Ripple. You got Ronnie Del Carmen as Bernie. Shyla Ami as Cinder, et cetera, et cetera. So it wasn't even like something like Super Mario Brothers. I'm like, oh, hey, it's Jack Black playing Bowser. So it wasn't even a recognizable cast. But for Pixar, and it definitely did not fare well at the box office compared to past movies. So it's not going to do as well moving forward. So for those of you with young kids out there, I would skip Elemental. It was not nearly as strong as I thought it would be. Stephen D. Gray-Danis review of decent films. And I would say the film was decent. Two and a half Maple Leafs. When a significant part of the conflict in a cartoon about talking elemental beings turns on urban infrastructure problems, building code violations, <laughs> and city bureaucracy, something has gone off the rails. Fantastic. Also, uh, Katie Walsh, a tribute news service. She's spunky and hot-headed. He's sweet and adorable. If they touch, it could be a disaster. But somehow their chemistry just works, bringing the charming elemental to a lovely roiling boil. That's what she's saying. By the way, one other blurb here on past lives. Speaking of uh, a movie I think a lot of people liked, I did not, was uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Adam Kempner, our film spotting, said past lives is the year's other great multiverse movie, which is a great point. When you're thinking about past lives, you're thinking about the multiverse. That brings us to our old movies. No wild card, by the way, this week. But the old movies, again, as I mentioned off the top, the 20th anniversary of the great Korean film, Old Boy, Park Chan-wook's film, which is just about as bizarre as it gets. Well, I email it to Cody. <laughs> As they normally doing. You it. just put the title in my defense. Yeah. Yeah, I think, but I did put 20th anniversary of Old Boy. Hmm. So I thought that was what you, and I didn't put Korean original version. Fine. But I put 20th anniversary of Old Boy. Instead, what happened with you? You did not watch. The I watched 20th. the 2013 remake with Josh Brolin. <laughs> and it was, uh, which, it was something. So I've never seen the remake, which is going to now make for a fascinating conversation because I heard it wasn't very good. And everyone told me, well, if you've seen the original, I'm like, yeah, I love it. They go, the sequel's not as good. It's basically the same thing, and it's not as good. So I never bothered with it. But now, if you haven't seen the original, as you did not, but saw the remake, maybe you think Old Boy's pretty great. I, I was texting you about it, and you couldn't tell the difference through our text. I was, well, like, talking about the ending, and you were like, yeah. Please, please, please read verbatim what your text was, because I burst out laughing. <laughs> All right, so I text Adnan. Just watched Old Boy. Holy shit. Dude fucked the shit out of his daughter. <laughs> In one of the more vivid love scenes, I don't know how vivid it is in the oh. original. In the remake, it is you're seeing oh. you're seeing butt cracks go up and down. Oh. You're seeing like <laughs> no, like his, but you know what I mean. You're seeing yeah, yeah. The, a vivid love making scene. Because then I responded to you the sequence where he pretends to be a dog and wags his tail and then cuts his fucking tongue. But you didn't respond yeah, to that. So I'm like, maybe I that's not in the remake. I don't. I that didn't. I was like maybe I zoned out for a second. I I, I had yeah. no recollection of that scene. There was a so lot of like the there was is. a lot of cutting off of like lips and stuff, but I don't remember anything yeah. with a dog. So that might have been oh. a little different okay. in the remake. So uh, the story is this obsessed with vengeance. A man sets out to find why he was kidnapped and locked in a solitary confinement for 20 years without reason. If you it, just like a a, if you just like a, a wacky concept, I, this premise is interesting. Like it had me yes. hooked the whole time. Like it's a little yeah. bit unrealistic, this movie, mm -hmm. but it's interesting and it had my attention. I'll give it that. Yeah, I, I'm with you that it's an excellent premise. And 
the way that it unfolds, at least in the Korean version, is kind of just, you know, this deliberate sense of style. Like, how did he get here? You know, he's trying to put the obviously the yeah. the plot together, right? How do I want up here? What did I do to deserve this kind of fate? How do I find the person that does this to me? Where do I find my tormentor? How do I exact revenge, et cetera? And it's excellent. Like the, it's it's just so bizarre and so disconcerting, but it's beautifully shot. It's really well acted. And there's one like there's some humor in there as well. Again, you mentioned when he first meets that woman, you're like, oh my God, this guy's, you know. It's been a while. He he. She goes in the original version. I don't know if Spike Lee did this in the remake, but she goes to the bathroom at one point. He's and he jumps in. And it's, he's like a dog. He literally breaks in the door. He starts like attacking, trying to kiss her. He's like almost like snorting. He's like, get off me, get off me. And afterwards, he's like, I'm really sorry. I was out of character. I just haven't been around a woman in 20 years. I'll leave now. She's like, no, it's okay, it's okay. Like I, I do have feelings for you. And then it leads to that scene. Later on, though, you find out exactly what happened. And as Chris and I've given away the reveal, I mean, it's been 20 years since the original and 10 years since the remake. But the tormentor. It, just this concocted this crazy scheme in which basically he I wouldn't say hypnotized him, but he, he he reordered the universe, so to speak. That's why he's there falling in love with his daughter. He orchestrates this entire thing. And the reason he's doing it is he's getting revenge for the fact that the original character spread a rumor about the villain of the movie and his sister. Yeah. And it was true. The villain of the story was sleeping with his sister. He was in love with her. And then eventually she killed herself when that story got around. So the the revenge was all right. You told everyone about our relationship. My sister killed herself. I'm going to torture you, et cetera. And I'm going to make you fall in love with your own daughter. Again, I, I, as you point out, the, the unrealistic. I'm like, so, like uh, where's he going to the bathroom? Like, what's he eating? Like, there's just, yeah. it was just, I mean, I get understand solitary confinement exists, but that's like in an organized prison system. Like, how is this guy doing this for 20 years? But yeah, there was definitely elements of that. Um, James Bardinelli of Real View said, sometimes I don't understand the Hollywood mindset. Who thought remaking Park Chan-wook's 2003 cult classic Old Boy was a good idea? So clearly he didn't think it was great. But Richard Corliss of Time Magazine, a vivid yet academic remake. This old boy is shorter, leaner, and less. As you can I mean, see, it's, it's, I, I gave you reviews for the remake and you wanted the original. My bad. Yeah, I emailed you back. I'm like, yeah, this is for the remake. The original, I'm like, I, I watched the, uh, the remake. But, hey, listen, we, we knocked it out. Dude, if you want to hear about old boys like old and new, me and Chris Cody just knocked it out. Again, Bananas movie from a great Korean director. In the case of Spike Lee, a great American director remaking it for American audiences. All right, one more here for you. Let's talk a little swimming pool. A British mystery author visits her publisher's home in the south of France, where her interaction with his unusual daughter sets off some touchy dynamics. Francois Ozon is the co-writer and the director of this movie. Again, I'd seen this years ago when Le Boy sent me his full list of DVDs. I'm like, oh, dude, I haven't seen Swimming Pool since I saw it in theaters. I was out of college for a few years. I'm like, I remember thinking it was really good. And I remember it was like, it was at that era of time when you could see what like an erotic thriller was. And it was hilarious. When he hands me the DVD, the DVD is literally just an attractive 22-year-old female in a bikini. The back of the DVD cover is the same 22-year-old in a bikini. And then it says, two thumbs up, way up, Siskel and Ebert. And then even, even the review. <laughs> Three thumbs dive up. In, no, yeah, dive into a mind-bending thriller that's soaked with raw sensuality. A murder mystery author's search for inspiration takes a wicked turn when she meets a sexy and provocative young woman with an explosive past. And the movie interview calls a thrilling film. Charlotte <laughs> Rampling and Ludivine Sagnier sizzle. So that is the story. Author Charlotte Rampling, buttoned up, British, boring, reserved. She goes out to her publisher's place to work on her new book. And she writes basically these mystery novels, crime novels, etc. And then all of a sudden shows up this young, attractive blonde. She's like, what, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, my dad owns this place. She's like, oh, man, I didn't know. I was like, I'm here to write my book, and I was just showing up. She's like, yeah, but, you know, you do your thing, I'll do mine. It's all good. But pretty soon, she finds out that she's not an infomaniac. She's a little loose with the, a little loose with the guys. Each day, different guys coming home, just banging her up, smoking weed, whatever, drinking. And she's like, yeah, I'm trying to get trying to get my book done here. So you've got that classic odd couple dynamic of upper crust, older, 
angry, uptight person and then young, free spirit. Are they going to make a connection? Probably not. They're going to have a fight. What's going to happen for that? But but it's a really good thriller and a murder mystery in that once you start to go into her backstory and what exactly happened to get to this point, I don't know necessarily if I buy the ending, but with those movies, you're not really sure how it's going to end. And I think if you like writing and the creative process and 22-year-old women in bikinis, you're probably going to like this movie. So Swimming Pool, I'll give it three Maple Leafs. Hadn't seen it in 20 years, and I still remember the fact that the way it was shot and built. And, and again, very lean running time. I think it was like 100 minutes. I would check it out if you have the DVD. The end The end can't be as crazy as Old Boy. No, there's no question <laughs> about that. If you, if you want a demented ending, Old Boy is the one. I think that's the big takeaway. Past Lives is an awesome film, one of the best films of the year. And if you want a demented movie from the past, you should check out Old Boy. All right. Thanks so much to all of you. Please go to Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe, rate, and review. You can continue to enjoy me and Samson going toe-to-toe right now on the Levitard Show. And thanks to Chris Cody. Alaskan Vacation. You're giving that for Maple Leafs. Everyone's going to do oh, it. It was great. And, uh, you know, my brain is still not really back at work yet, but I'm here. Yeah. I come here, man. We're back and ready to dominate. Next week, I'll be at the All-Star Game in Seattle. So, again, maybe a little bit delayed as far as the episode being released. Apologies on the Wednesday release, but, of course, 4th of July was yesterday. Happy birthday to America, and I hope everyone's doing well out there. Enjoy more fireworks here in Cinephile. I'll see you at the movies.